0: And uh, we're just up in the north, great north of Minneapolis area and uh, 15 or so inches of snow came while we've been here and uh, it's been quite a mess. So I'm in the La Quinta and we're heading back to Wisconsin where there's no snow. It's kind of funny just how it happens sometimes. But let's get to Tom Fishburne. Reinventing Marketing. This year we're disrupting how we do marketing. Didn't we do that last year? Last year we transformed marketing. No, that was two years ago. Oh right, we're reinventing marketing. And that's about time. Okay, and one of the things you get after 40 years of marketing consulting experience is you see this over and over and over. Um, But Tom says there's some truth in what Bill Gates said in 1995. We always overestimate the change that will occur in the next two years, and we underestimate the change that will occur in the next ten. I don't know. I think we just basically don't know the future. It's Sorry, you just can't get there. Organizations can get stuck in a rut and resist change, and yet we simultaneously have the tendency to overstate the change which can lead to jumping on the bandwagon. I want to highlight that. Jumping on the bandwagon of shiny new things like NFTs. Geez, I didn't even, I hardly did one show on NFTs. Why? Because I think they were, I didn't think they were anything to talk about, which peaked this time last year. Okay. Navigating change is a long-term constant in marketing. Yes. Marketing is about trying to envision the future which is exactly why we have a great challenge in trying to mm, be data-driven. Data can't drive you into the future. It can only analyze the past. No matter how good an analyst you are, you, you, don't, you don't know. There's no data from the future. It's all in the past. It's all in the rear view mirror. So just imagine trying to drive your car down the road just looking at a rear view mirror. You'd have some idea. No, you wouldn't just because it was straight all the way in the past doesn't mean it's going to be straight the next 50 feet right so you're out of luck oh good (laughs) the heater turned off maybe that will make the sound better I doubt it anyway just picture that metaphor you know trying to drive by looking in the rearview mirror that's what you're asking when you say we're going to be data driven just to put it in perspective so there's been Mm, you know in my book I talk about the two fundamental lies and one is that we have all the data which of course we just touched on and the second is because we have all the data we'll we know what you'll do which of course is another fundamental lie <clears throat> and it will always be true and just in case you don't know the best you can do you say well how does you know how does when they take an, when an airplane takes off? How do they know it's going to get where it goes? How do they know it's going to get off the ground this time instead of you know? And, and well, it doesn't always get off the ground. Sometimes they crash. But the principle that allows us to to effectively build into the future is the principle that we can we can repeatedly test in the present and as we eliminate different variables and we find the causal connections uh, in the physical world we can then we can then quantify those effects and we can generate explanations and we can eventually as it's repeated and repeated get to theory it's the theory that lets us to go lets us go in the future if you if you say well we're testing everything <clears throat> well, I would contend you can't because you you have to you have to narrow your test to isolate the other factors. You know it's why it's why we we play a game we play a, a football game on the same field with the two teams. <clears throat> you can use AI and you can compare the 1965 Packers with the uh, with the uh, Patriots of 19 of 2020 uh, of 2020. Let's say or we better go back a couple more years of <laughs> 2018. yeah sure you can compare those with AI but you can you can never test them because yeah you don't have the head-to-head and we need the head-to-head to isolate causal variables. That's why a B splits are so effective but uh, but you need to extrapolate into the future you need more than data. you need repetitive testing, isolation of causal variables, explanation, retest and eventually theory. Okay, so uh, uh, Tom was impressed with a, an article called The Changing Face of Marketing. And I actually went over and, and I clicked this link, which is available. You, you know, if you go to WDMA, you can get the show notes every day if, if you subscribe, which is free. Um, the article was about everything changing. Well, the sort of the intro to the article was, and we may go over there and look at it, but a lot of the things I mean, what was interesting is, you know, it was about the changing sales force and how computers might affect marketing. And it's things that don't change as much now as they did then, but they're constantly in a flux. You know, if everyone fires their field sales force, it may be effective to go knock on doors. You know, I once asked Jack Miller do you think there's enough business in the Chicago metro area that you know if you hired somebody just to go out to your best customers in the Chicago metro area, Jack was the founder of Quill, if you just hired someone to go knock on doors and say thank you for your business, do you think that would generate enough additional business, enough additional sales and profits to pay for that salesperson to do that? And he said, oh I'm sure it would. And I said, is there enough for two, he said, oh I'm sure there is. I said, so the question isn't whether you should have a sales force, but how many and how to manage them. (laughs) Uh, I used to, I think I used to torment Jack a little bit, Um, but you know, he he was very smart and uh, I don't think enough people challenged him like that. Anyway, we got to be friends. Uh, Change is the dominant factor in every business today and the ability to master and exploit change has become one of the most sought after management skills. Interesting, isn't it? Probably still true today, because the the guy with the hand on the tiller has to be able to look into the future, to at least at su- to some extent. Okay, this is particularly true in marketing, where the very tempo of change is constantly quickening. I'm not sure that's true, but it is constantly <laughs> change is change, and you and until you understand that marketing is about predicting the future then you, you know, you haven't, you haven't grasped the challenge of marketing. Accounting, accounting is sorting out the past, sorting out the financial data, but mainly. But marketing is mainly looking at the, at the history and deciding where to go next, um, which is probably why the tenure is so short. So even while adapting to change, a company's marketing effort must reflect internal cons, uh, constancy of purpose and an external constancy of image. So you have to keep some things the same. You have to know what to change and what not to change. And and Mark Ritson is excellent on this. You know he talks he talked about how how uh, I'm, I don't know remember the name of the beer, but they changed their colors to red because they're from Liverpool, <clears throat> and they and they they've always been green, but they sponsor the Liverpool uh, the Liverpool Premier team. And when they were were in the finals. For the EuroLeague League, I, I, I guess, and I, you know, I'm not a huge soccer fan. I know a little bit about it, but um, I don't quite understand how they all, how all those things intertwine. But, uh, but Liverpool changed the, or, or the beer company changed their, their label from green to red, and, or it could be the other way around, just for the, just for the playoffs. And uh, Ritz said, you know, you get the attention and you play with your logo, but everybody knows who it is. And, and I think that's absolutely sound. So, uh, change, safe is risky. That was from last week. He said we got to play it safe, cut spending, pull back investment, and also completely reinvent how we do business. And that is basically the challenge of business. And this is the other one. We need to stay focused on our marketing priorities and not get distracted by every shiny new look. Squirrel. <laughs> that's maybe my favorite uh, fish bird. It looks like I didn't loop the I didn't loop the uh, the WDMA info down below. Uh, consumers will always pay attention to our ads in the 80s. Consumers will visit our brand as if we just make it a .com the 90s. Consumers want to be our friends and like us on Facebook. The aughts. Consumers want us want want us to follow them with their personal data. <laughs> The tens. Consumers want to hang out with our brand in the metaverse. <laughs> I don't remember that one, <clears throat> but that is another good one. Sometimes the sometimes the follow-up cartoons are the, or the commercials are the best. Or cartoons, yeah, I guess. It's. Okay, now here's the article that he was mentioning by John Loth, and uh, the changing face of marketing. And this is where he quoted that beginning. What I do like is the very first section, the dominance of the customer. The customer always calls the shots and the better you can understand that and anticipate that. The need to understand and anticipate future customer customers is bound to become even more essential than in the past. right? Because the, the pace of change and the pace of communications has dramatically changed. I think it was 19, this 1976 Olympics with Jean-Claude Keeley, where we first had, and and um, I'm trying to think of the figure skater. I wasn't into figure skating ever, but uh, but Keeley won three golds, but most of it was in the fog, and it was the first time we had live TV from Europe, and uh, that was 1976, so this is almost 10 years before, oh, 11 years before that, and um, amazing so it's definitely a worth worth reading um, yes the significance of this to senior marketing executives is twofold they cannot indeed must not assume that yesterday's customers will be available tomorrow you know one of my expressions is yesterday will be like today unless it isn't adequate sources of marketing information and when is that gonna happen <coughs> right if we don't if we don't have good marketing information, we might direct, our our efforts our selling efforts might be directed at the wrong people. Right? Right? My company's sales output can't be any better than my intelligence input. And what was funny was the 1960s were right about when the rest of corporate America started figuring out that the direct marketers just seemed to know better, have better information and it became a boom that I joined in on in in the early 80s but it was rarely ever actually implemented because few people really want to know the results and how their marketing worked out and unless you are brutally honest in marketing you'll never get to explanation and you'll certainly never get to theory and you will never be data-driven because you can't predict the future with data anyway on that note have a great day like and share I've been getting some shares lately it's and it's uh, very much appreciated and i'll be driving through the through the plowed streets hopefully of minneapolis just a little, little later today bye bye